with ease. Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box. Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. The summer is off to a very hot start for Arsenal, with many incomings looking likely, some key outgoings potentially happening, and the loan market and the way Hellend has handled their business seemingly faultless. There are going to be some questions about where some players go. Obviously, the rules now for the PL2 have changed. It has gone back to the under-21 format, although you will be allowed five overage players per squad. Having said that, Arsenal have handled this transition period excellently, not letting the lack of Champions League affect them too majorly. And of course, the most exciting thing since the season ending is the under-19 European Championships where Brooke Norton Cuffey and the English team are one of the main favorites. And they have shown why so far, winning both of their matches, keeping two clean sheets, and guaranteeing their route to the semifinal is complete. I said it before the tournament, and I will continue to say it, that this is really Brooke Norton Cuffey's coming out party. He is getting the attention from scouts around the world, from fans around the world who are watching this tournament, and realizing that he is just a one-of-a-kind defensive prospect. And to see him and Carney Chubameka on the same pitch has been just unbelievably fun to watch. For starters, let's just discuss Brooke, because he has done two completely different roles, basically, through two matches. In the first match, England came in, played a pretty flat back four, and he just played as a customary right back, helping to beat the press with his awesome range of passing. Obviously, we know he has that interior left foot pass to go along with his excellent balls into the channel uh, down the right wing with his right foot. Showed that little bit of pace, that strength, that overall unbelievable technical ability to help England break through the first two periods of the match and into the final third. And he was only able to venture forward a few times in that first match, um, mostly because Chukwemeka was running play through his side of the pitch. He is just an unbelievable talent. Uh, but an excellent match from Norton Cuffey, nonetheless, playing about 60-70 minutes there. Second match, England moved to a 5 at the back when they're in defense and a 4 in possession. So it took Brook a little bit of time to adapt to this different role. Uh, it took him about 20-30 minutes to kind of find his foot Positionally, kind of where he needed to find his attackers in front of him, uh, there was quite a few just kind of resetting the, the offense back through the center backs for the first 20 minutes or so, and, and kind of the whole team seemed that way. They actually kind of were getting outplayed by Serbia for 20 minutes or so, uh, but as the game progressed, in the first half progressed, Brook really grew into the game unbelievably. From the 35th to the 42nd minute, that specific 5-6-7 minute period, the entire game was dominated by Brooke Norton Cuffey, and you rarely see that. It was like what you see from a Trent Alexander-Arnold when Liverpool are trying to score a goal. Norton Cuffey was just crossing the ball at different heights and in different placements, from the you know throwing a ball right inside the six-yard box across the goalie's face to you know finding a player out on the penalty spot, to finding a player at the top of the box, to finding a player on the near post, and he just was beating defenders one-on-one, one-v-twos, using his first touch to get around them, using his change of pace to get around them. It was his whole basket of skills, all in that five, six-minute period. And it was just unbelievable to watch. I, I was watching the match, as you guys know, a little bit after it happened, watching replay, 
And I just like had to get up in my seat and I was like, holy cow. Like you just don't see this all that often from a player at that position. And uh, of course, one of these crosses did result in a Dane Scarlet goal. Wasn't counted as an assist because the cross went across perfectly to Dane Scarlet. He missed it. Goalie was expecting Scarlet to hit it. So hit off the goalie's face, then back off of Scarlet's foot and in. Not an official assist for Brooke, but we'll count it as an assist here. The thing I want to touch on most that is my new fascination with Brooke Norton Cuffey's game and what I think is going to help him take that next step immediately to the senior level with Arsenal is his first time passing. His first time passing, his ability to receive a ball and pass in one touch in any scenario with either foot is going to make him a crucial, crucial player in breaking out of a press, especially, especially in high-intensity matches where a team is pressing Arsenal high up the pitch. Because it can take out multiple defenders at once. If by the time Brook has received the ball, he's already let it go, then the press, defenders who are pressing, and this is easier to see visually, but defenders who are pressing have not gotten set into their press yet. So if Brook's able to make that interior pass to his midfielder, and the defenders haven't gotten into their pressing position yet, that midfielder's going to be able to turn, switch the field, and progress play. If Brook makes that first time pass up the line, and that defender hasn't shifted yet, the wingers may be able to turn and bring the ball up the line and potentially start a goal-scoring opportunity. It is going to allow Arsenal to play out of the back from a completely different level. And I'm not saying Arsenal don't have players like this. I, I, they definitely do. Tomiyasu is two-footed as well and excellent at that. Having said that, Brook seems to be able to do it in such a more relaxed way. Obviously, we've seen him do it with Lincoln City. Obviously, he's now doing it at the under-19 level in the European Championships, and it's just fascinating. It's amazing to see a player who has all these other skills have something that is kind of unqualified. It's impossible to qualify it and quantify it. There's no way to look at it in statistically. But go back and watch this match. Watch the first 45 minutes and watch Brook Norton Cuffey's first time passing. You're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. It is going to make him able to break any press. And at a certain point, defenders aren't going to want to press him as tight. And that's going to give him the ability to use space and use his pace to break the press on his own. It's just unbelievable to watch. When he adds a mid-level to long ball accuracy to his game, similar to Trent Alexander-Arnold, I just don't know what will stop him from being the best right back Arsenal have had, you know, since Bakary Sonia or, or before. He really has all of the tools. Now he needs to progress and, and bring that with him as he continues to get playing time and keep his confidence up. It's amazing to see his confidence. One, one of the times in this little period I was talking about from the 35th to 42nd minute, Brook received a long ball from Chukwemeka. He then, instead of trying to control it to his feet, controlled it with a touch around the defender, using his body to get boxed the defender out behind him and played an unbelievable ball across the six-yard box that none of the English players took a gamble on, but any of them would have had an easy tap in. And this is what I'm talking about. It's just unbelievable. His vision and his ability to play the ball at so many different heights, it's just makes him so hard to defend at any part of the pitch. He has it all. I know I'm gushing here, but it, it, I just love watching him. It's fascinating. He's a fascinating player. The other unicorn on this unbelievable England under-19 team is Carney Chukwemeka. And I know it's a player Arteta has kept tabs on, has reached out to Aston Villa about previously, and it's obvious why. 
he would be the ideal left center mid in this formation that Arteta is bringing to Arsenal. He is physically the size of Jude Bellingham. He's faster than Jude Bellingham. He's better in the final third. He is an unbelievable, unbelievable talent. I mean, watching him play as an 18-year-old in the under-19 championships, he looks like he's 25. He is just taking... Every stride brings him past another defender in his way. Every dribble takes a man out of play. I mean, he is just toying, toying with players. And he's only got one year left on his contract at Aston Villa, and he's only made 14 appearances over the last two years for Villa's first team, and only three starts. If Steven Gerrard does not play him this season, uh, he's going to push his way out for free. And that will be a huge loss for Aston Villa. And I would not be surprised if Arsenal are the first people knocking on his door. And they need to knock on that door fast because they can't be the only team in the country keeping tabs on him. He is just an awesome, awesome player. Just mentioning that because I really, really hope his future is at Arsenal somewhere. That would be amazing. That would be one of the best coups we've had in the last two decades. Truly a star in the making. In other news, more on the loan side of things, Mika Biareth has now joined Walwick, RKC Walwick, in the Eredivisie on loan for this season, which is great news. Biareth is a very physically talented player. He's a very technically skilled player, able to receive the ball in close quarters, score lots of goals. Uh, in 26 appearances last year, he had 12 goals and 5 assists. And he's joining a team that is absolutely starved for goals, only scoring 40 goals last year in 34 matches. In the Eredivisie, that's bottom five in the league in terms of goal scoring. And they're going to play a two-striker system. Uh, So that has its positives and negatives, obviously a little different than the system he's used to playing in, a little different than if he were to play at Arsenal. We don't play like that. But it is good that two strikers are going to start every match because that will basically guarantee Biarritz playing time. He's going to get the chance to play at a senior level in a league where there's enough amount of space to operate in, but also that physical challenge. And you're going to have some games where you're going to be playing teams that you'll be more evenly matched with. And then obviously the Giants of the league will be a little bit tougher, which is a good challenge for him. And it's nice to see after Reese Nelson's excellent loan period here in the Eredivisie that Arsenal are going back there and sending some players there. Um, the next player going to that league is Omar Rekik, who's joining Sparta Rotterdam on loan. Uh, Rekik, if you don't know about him, is a very highly rated center back, 20 years old from Tunisia, who has already played a handful of appearances for the Tunisia senior team, one of the multiple full internationals at Hale End. Uh, and last year, he was one of the main center backs for the under-23s, starting 16 games uh, before injuries derailed his season. Rekik is a very, very talented ball-playing center back. He can use both feet pretty much equally to pass out of the back, play out of the back. He's very accurate. He does need to work a lot on his positioning and his strength and his ability to make sure you know he doesn't allow a man in behind. A few times for the under-23s last year, he allowed a goal with a man making a run in behind him on a cross. This is a great league for him. Eredivisie center backs need to be ball-playing center backs. That is how the league operates. All the good teams have ball-playing center backs. Ajax, PSV, Feyenoord. If you watch that league, you know there's space to operate in. It's not a lot of high pressing. A lot of the matches are played in each other's final thirds in terms of kind of a possession-based league. Um, so this will be a great test for him to work on his uh, and, and advance his ball-playing skills while also having to you know play senior football against some top talents. 
Uh, very excited to watch him there. And he should go up against Mika Birith twice next season, assuming they both get the chance to play quite a bit while they're out on loan. Uh, another couple of loans have been finalized for next season. Tyrese John Jules joining Ipswich Town on loan. Uh, a little bit unfortunate that it's a League One side, but you have to understand with his injury issues why a championship side may not want to take the gamble on him. If he has a great six months, maybe Arsenal will call him and send him to a championship side. Who knows? The main thing is he needs to stay healthy for once in his career. It would be awesome if he could stay healthy. He's just such a massive talent, and it's crazy to think he's still only 21 years old. I mean, four or five years ago, I was watching him play thinking he's two or three years out from getting a chance to play for Arsenal. Obviously, injuries have derailed him. Last year, he only got to play 13 games total in two loan spells. Uh, only one game for Sheffield Wednesday, getting injured in that first game. He played 21 for Doncaster the season before, before getting injured. Only seven for Lincoln City the year before that, before getting injured. It's just so unfortunate. And, and the numbers speak for themselves when he's been healthy. In 67 appearances for Arsenal, Arsenal's youth sides, he has scored 35 goals and 12 assists. That's 47 goal and assist contributions in 67 appearances. And his loan spells, he's got six goals and five assists, you know, and that's just adapting to the senior side as a teenager. And that's just crazy, really, to think about. And he's often been played out of position, uh, especially last season. He was forced out on the wing at Blackpool for all 12 of those matches. Did not get to play as a striker once. And he's really most comfortable as a true number nine. And he has all of those qualities. Um, this is going to be an interesting loan for me to watch, I think, uh, because he's playing for Ipswich Town, who, of course, their manager is Kieran McKenna, who spent two years at Manchester United managing their under-18s uh, and guiding them to a Premier League North Division title. Then spent three years working under Mourinho and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, and left when Ragnick came in to take over Ipswich, where he had an excellent spell there this past season, managing only 23 games, but winning 11, drawing 8, and only losing 4. So unbeaten in all but 4 games managing Ipswich Town, which is excellent. Uh, I'm very excited for him to play there, and under a manager who's been at a big club, who's managed youth at a big club, I think this is actually a really, really good loan spell an opportunity for Tyrese John-Jules, and if he impresses, anything's possible. He is so, so skilled. He really, really is good at receiving the ball with back-to-goal, finding outlets, and then making a run into the box and scoring goals, and he can do it with both feet. Unbelievable talent, has the full bag of tricks that you'd expect from a number nine. The final loan that has been completed now is Harry Clark, who... Arsenal broke his contract with Hibernian. They had a release clause for that final year at Hibs and instead are sending him on loan to Stoke in the championship for next season, which I think is a great move for both parties because, as I was saying about Harry Clark, he needs discipline. He needs to be more rigid to his position. And he wasn't learning that at Hibs. That's not what he was being asked to do. He even said in his interview with Stoke upon accepting the loan move there and joining the squad that he was being asked to play six different positions for Hibs, which must be challenging for a young player. Harry Clark also mentioned that he really sees himself as a right back, right wing back moving forward. He is comfortable doing left wing back duties in a back five, but that he sees himself and, and his best version of himself on that side of the pitch, which makes sense to me. He's a very right-footed player who likes it whipping across, likes to get forward, but also defends a lot better on that right side. That left side, he always seemed a little bit lost when he's defending. This is a great move for him all around. Uh, he just needs to kind of adapt to the fact that senior football is not as open 
as youth football. He can't just kind of be running around willy-nilly. You are playing a position. You're playing a role in the squad. You need to stick to that position. He has a lot of ability. I think this could be great for Arsenal because if he impresses at Stoke, you're going to have a similar situation to Daniel Ballard where teams are going to see that he could be a valuable asset to them in the championship and you can get a you know a fee for him, a reasonable fee for him. Uh, I don't think he's a player that will ever succeed at Arsenal, but that doesn't mean you don't want to further his development as much as possible. Speaking of Daniel Ballard, it does look like a final move has been made for him to join Burnley permanently next year. Uh, Vincent Company obviously playing a huge role in convincing Ballard to join them, hoping that Ballard can help them win promotion and get back into the Premier League. And this move makes sense, 100%. You know I like to call Daniel Ballard a low-block demon. That is what he is. He is a dual demon and a low-block demon, and that is exactly the kind of football that Burnley love to play. Uh, you know, with, with Ben Mee and James Tarkowski gone now, Ballard's probably going to walk right into the starting 11 there in a back four, which will be a good test for him. And... You know, Arsenal probably not recouping a huge fee. There's a weird rumor that it's only two million pounds. Uh, my guess is that's not right. My guess is it's probably more like four or five million pounds with add-ons based on performance, uh, as well as the fact that there's a sell-on clause in there and a clause that gives Arsenal the opportunity to match any bid for Ballard in the future should he be sold from Burnley. So Arsenal basically, it's a loan sort of. It's kind of a loan, like. If a team comes in next year and offers $8 million for Ballard, Arsenal can just match that, pay the $8 million, take Ballard back. I'm sure he'd love to join Arsenal at another point. He's 22 years old, though, needs to play regular football, needs to play week in and week out and further his career. He's had two excellent loan periods. Uh, in 2021 at Blackpool, he made 30 appearances, uh, helping them to secure promotion to the championship. Last year, 33 appearances for Millwall, uh, and he's made double-digit appearances for the Northern Ireland senior team. And scoring twice for them. So, Daniel Ballard, this is an excellent move for him. I'm very excited for him. Uh, also, to learn under Vincent Company, you can't ask for more. Uh, a player, obviously, who was unbelievable in the air and, and really excelled in distribution as his career went on and, and as he continued to succeed at Man City, something Ballard has been working on a lot. So, this is a great move for Daniel Ballard. Another player who has officially left the club now uh, is Jordi Osei Tutu. Obviously, one we spoke about all year was likely to leave at the end of the season. And he's going back to Bochum, where he enjoyed his best spell as a senior player on loan there a few years ago. Uh, played 21 matches there with five goals and three assists. Really came into his own as a wing back instead of a, a flat back four right back. And they're back in the Bundesliga. So this could really be an excellent move for Jordi. He's going to get to play top flight football in Germany. And they tested him at left wing back there as well. So, you know, we spoke a lot about this last year. I think he's better on that left side. He feels more comfortable there. Let's see what happens. I'm sure he'll get utilized on both sides, but very happy for Jordy to get this move and get the chance to play top flight football. He deserves that. He's a very talented player. If he can stay healthy, he has shown that every time he's been healthy throughout his career. In other not confirmed news, there's kind of a weird rumor going around that Miguel Aziz may go on loan to Girona. That would surprise me as a destination. I think more likely than that would be him staying completely at Arsenal uh, and maybe getting a chance in the Europa League. But I think the most likely situation is he goes on loan to a championship club. Uh, in other news, in the academy, 
Charles Sego Jr., Taylor Foran, and Mauro Bandiera mentioned they were offered professional contracts last week. They have signed those contracts. Um, not clear yet if Jeffcott, James Sweet, and Vigor will sign theirs. I think they will. Jeffcott and Sweet are both major prospects. Sweet, especially, would be a huge loss to lose him for Arsenal. I think he will stay. You never know. But more likely they're on holiday or whatever, just testing the waters. I think all three of them most likely sign. Um, again, as I mentioned off the top, now that it's the Premier League 2, and that it's under 21 again, George Lewis, James Olienka, Matt Smith, and Zach Swanson are all over age. Um, that doesn't mean that they have to leave. You're, as I mentioned, you're allowed up to five overage players in the squad per game. But I'd imagine all of them either are going to go on loan or leave permanently at this point. I think Matt Smith will leave permanently, similar to Jordi Osei-Tutu. I just don't think he, he's been training with the team, but I think he knows his future is not here. Zach Swanson needs a loan move. I would love to see him go on loan in England and, and do something similar to Harry Clark at a championship level and, and follow Ballard's footsteps where I think Swanson's an excellent player, just don't think he'll have the ability to play at Arsenal. So he's a very experienced player, probably the most experienced in the under-21 side. So I'd like to see him go on loan. Lewis likely to stay, maybe go on loan, but they just extended him another year. So I think he actually will stay. And James Olienka definitely needs a loan or to leave permanently. But who knows? Anything's possible. It's still not clear who the... Academy manager is going to be for the under-21s and the under-18s, so a lot still to be decided here. But it's a big season ahead for the under-21s. It's yet to be seen if the likes of Keto Taylor-Hart, who's been linked on loan to Birmingham, Omari Hutchinson, who's been linked on loan to multiple championship clubs, Charlie Patino, no real links for loan move. My guess is he will stay. Uh, Jack Henry Francis, a couple of links for potential loan moves. Marcelo Flores, I think, will definitely stay. So there's a few guys out there who it's not clear on their moves or whether they're going to take that step to the senior squad. I think Saladin likely to stay and be a focal point of the under-21s this year and then potentially go for a six-month loan in January. There's a lot of turnover here. Carl Hein, obviously, someone we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, if Bernalino is to leave and Arthur Oconquo goes out on loan. Carl Hine will be promoted to the first team and be the third goalie and fighting with Matt Turner there. So a lot to keep track of. We're going to keep watching Brooke Norton Cuffey in the under-19 European Championships with England. My guess is he might get a rest in the third match now that England have secured their route to the semifinal. Maybe he won't. Can't speak to that. But we will keep watching. Unbelievable player. Lots of great news coming out of Hayland and Arsenal and a very exciting summer preseason starting very very soon we will keep an eye on that and we will talk to you next week